morning, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Welcome to the subscriber episode, the bonus episode where we take care of all the stories we just couldn't fit into two hours, which, by the way, I thought I'd never have two hours worth of content consistently. I have over two hour con hours of content consistently lately. It's been crazy. Either I'm getting better at my job of getting together weird tech stories or the world's getting stranger who am i kidding it's both it's probably both and it's helped a lot by this one eu regulators are agreeing to rein in big tech walled gardens this is all due to the passage of the Digital Markets Act, which the goal of this act by the EU would be to basically prohibit these sort of walled gardens. All of these sort of communication apps that are out there, you know, your, your Apple Messenger, your Facebook Messenger, your WhatsApps, your this that and the other thing i don't know if it would apply to very unique messaging apps like say discord but the act itself would make it so that these tech giants must allow these applications to talk to each other to try and do away with the Apple Messenger only be able to talk to other Apple devices and not be able to talk to, you know, any other device whatsoever. I mean, it can talk to other phones, but it does in a way that's very unfriendly to the other users, to say the least. And Apple has no motivation to it because, of course, they feel it's better in their better interest to just say, you want to go ahead and use our platform? You want to use our messenger app? Then you better buy an iPhone. This would put an end to that kind of nonsense, but only if the company in charge of it is worth a certain amount or higher. The actual threshold, which I am not totally not stalling for time to find is ba ba da ba da ba da Gizmodo failed me by not putting it down. Thank you. But basically, it's only going to affect the, check the, the tech giants. So if you're like a small startup and it's just like, oh boy, I just made the next IRC. You don't have to try and make your new version of IRC, whatever the heck it'd be. Try to play nice with Apple Messenger. In addition, this also would force 
Apple and Google and any other major platform holder to allow third-party app stores. So naturally, Apple was very welcome to the bill and absolutely loved every aspect of it and very much 100% is totally on board and has no complaints at all. Oh, wait, what's the opposite of that? Oh, yeah, they're, 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 they're livid. Apple is furious about this. And says that this app, that this law would, would bring chaos to the platform and bring in new levels of security breaches all throughout our platforms and blah, blah, it's anti-competitive, even though it's being brought in because you're being anti-competitive. Just, just, just thought I'd point that out, you know, it's kind of a thing you're doing. I'm just saying, what the heck? And of course, Apple and Google plan on fighting the EU in court if this bill does in fact pass. Now, keep in mind, this bill has not passed fully yet. It is looking like it is absolutely going to, though. And quite frankly, it's just going to absolutely devastate Apple's entire walled garden approach to the iOS platform. They make a decent amount of money on the iPhone, but not as much as you'd think, especially since, you know, they're trying to keep the pr price of the phone lower and lower, unless you get a pro model, in which case all bets are off. Unless you're Samsung. Then all bets are even more off. That still blows me away, by the way. The fact that when it comes to overpriced smartphones, Samsung, by far, is the king. It's not even close. And that in itself is... Just, just breaks my brain. It's crazy. It's Looney Tunes. What it is, what it is. And even though Apple does make a decent profit on their phones, the majority of their money right now from their golden goose is in that app store. And especially from the predatory mobile games that are on it. That's another thing I was talking with some, some I'll actually get to the sto story later a bit. Let's first talk about the nothing phone. You see, the nothing phone is a phone that will be coming in April. And you want to know what we know about the nothing phone so far? Well, I'll tell you what. This phone, this amazing iPhone killer from... The tech company, nothing. You know what we know about it? Nothing. We know nothing.
I wish I was making that up. I wish I was. I wish that was a joke. That was, I wish that was a bit. We literally know nothing. Nothing just went out and said we're gonna launch a new phone, and then told us nothing other than it's gonna be an Android phone. It's gonna be fast and smooth, which basically tells us nothing. All right, look. I assumed a tech company like nothing that was launched with some of the greatest minds from OnePlus would know how to build hype for a device. But here's the thing, all right? If you're going to tease someone, you actually need to tease them. Okay? You actually do have to do something. You can't just say buzzword, 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 K-bye. Someone in chat says they know nothing about building hype. But they should. One plus was a hype monster. And the fact they're failing this hard at building hype for a phone and some earth shattering phone at that, that's going to revolutionize and be the phone that finally it's going to be the most compelling alternative to Apple. Show us something. Build some hype. You did this with OnePlus. You said, hey, Apple launches $600 smartphones, which at that time was outrageous. We'll give you that quality for half. Just stay tuned. In three months, you gave us something. You told us Apple quality cut with half the value, with half the, not half the value, but half, half the price. You told us nothing. Literally told us nothing. Oh, one day maybe they'll learn. But on that same note, though, what would you tease for a new smartphone? Let's consider that for a moment. Right now, if you're to try and sell a premium smartphone, like you want to go ahead and say, I got a phone here. It is the cream of the prop, the best of the best. What feature do you sell? The screen? I mean, screen, the, screen, the screens on these smartphones now are pretty much as big as we're ever going to need them to be. Any bigger and they're going to be hard to actually fit in pockets. 
the processor they're about as fast as we're ever going to want them not unless we start getting some very good programs to that just give us insane productivity the storage i mean there's a thought you know be a great feature to tease on a new phone an sd card reader or how about this one? A headphone jack. Whoa. But otherwise, right now, any other like premium feature on a phone, it's either going to be A, the camera. Which, I mean, if you're a nothing company like nothing, you better be partnering with someone amazing. Like, I don't know, Red. To go ahead and say, hey, we've got the top tier camera. It's in this phone. GG, we win. Or just bring back features we'd want, like expanded storage or a headphone jack. Zona chat sa said, no bite at the top. Yeah, I could agree with that. No hole punch for the selfie camera. Just go ahead and actually just give us the normal chin. Even everything out. Someone else chat says replaceable battery. Someone else in chat says no camera wart. I wish the camera wart would go away, but I know it won't. Because the cam the with how high end these cameras are getting on these smartphones, they need the extra thickness and... I know I would be fine if the whole phone was as thick as the camera bump. But I know a lot of other people would not be. And that would be the tricky thing to do. So I guess I'll just have to wait till, till April to see what this amazing nothing phone is going to be. Maybe it'll be something. But, you know, they didn't tell us anything. How about we tell you something, though? One thing that was a great mystery in the Mac Studio keynote from Apple was the fact they called the Mac Studio modular. And this is a very baffling statement because the only way in is to destroy the rubber ring at the bottom of the device. What's even better is when people got in, they actually got some hope because it looked like there was some very oddly shaped storage modules it looks like they were swappable is, is, is there expanded storage is there expanded storage in this professional device <gasps> has Apple made a professional device that can actually be serviced and upgraded and be kept running for a long time 
No, of course not. In fact, bafflingly enough, the storage modules appear to be blocked by software. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and immediately accuse Apple of being their usual malicious, anti-consumer, anti-upgradable, anti-right-to-repair, anti-environmental selves. I'm not going to jump to that assumption. I'm willing to bet this was done as a means of simplifying their production line and also that it could have something to do with the storage controller actually built into the M1 chip. I'm actually going to give Apple the benefit of the doubt here for now. That this actually could be something to do with the M1 architecture. And I say that mostly because I don't fully comprehend the M1 architecture yet. This M1 architecture that, that Apple is using is one of a kind. It is unique. It is the first time we're seeing a system like this. And in fact, on pretty much every other device, you never find any storage at all. So the fact that this device does have external storage does seem puzzling, to say the least. And I'm sure we're going to get to the bottom of it down the road, despite Apple's attempts to try to block that sort of thing. It's also why, as I spoke about in the main podcast, why getting an alternate operating system on an M1-based system is so good. Because once you get out of macOS, now that Linux-based operating system might be able to talk to that M1 chip in ways that the Mac OS would not allow and allow you to get more information on how this device actually works. So then we can learn whether this device actually is just maliciously blocking any sort of upgrade path or if it's just designed to not have an upgrade path for either better efficiency or for just being Apple. But only time will tell. Oh, and hey, by the way, remember how before we talked about how uh, the RTX 3090 uh, didn't even come close? Or I'm sorry, that the M1 Ultra didn't even come close to reaching the same performance level as the 3090? Well, as expected, the M1 Ultra also doesn't get even remotely close to AMD's Threadriver Pro. 5995. Now, granted, the 5995 is a 64 core processor and the M1 Ultra is a 20 core processor. But, Apple, come on. You said 
for $4,000, you could not find a better machine. Well, we just did. And it beats you out by 260%. You're making this a little too easy, Apple. I'm not going to lie. Back in ye olden days, we had to go ahead and talk to our own PC brother and go, now look here, Apple makes that claim, but if you look at this, they're not wrong. They're actually kind of telling the truth. They actually come pretty close in value. No, that's impossible. Look, we're, we're still a better value and we can upgrade. Just because you're not two and a half times better doesn't mean that, that you know, that Max win. No. Well, now we're back to Max actually being two and a half times worse. The key here with pretty much all of these high-end M1-based systems is they excel at one thing. And it is a very important measure to a lot of certain customers. Performance per what don't underestimate how valuable that performance per watt is to certain customers i guarantee it now speaking of performance per watt um the epic 7773x the new myelin x based epic processors um, they stand currently to be absolute monsters. Like, they are no freaking joke. These processors are going to end up being... What's the core count on these suckers? 64 cores? Yeah. 64 cores. 280 watt parts. With, e with between 225 watts and 280 watts power draw, base clock speed 2.2 gigahertz, max turbo speed 3.5 gigahertz, which for a 64 core server processor is nuts, is absolutely nuts. Now, you were talking before about single versus dual channel RAM. This is, this has octa channel RAM. And guess how many PCI Express slots? 128 PCI Express slots. Now, the unfortunate part is that this processor has an MSRP of $8,800. But holy cow. That is insane. Insane 
high-end server performance and could even in certain applications be an excellent workstation platform to work on just imagine 128 cores that go up to 3.5 gigahertz each dude any sort of many core application you got it's going to crush it i mean you'd have to have the exact right workload to make full use of this kind of processor so obviously i want one despite the fact that i would do stupid things with it like simulate pretty shapes going into a cup and then play minecraft yeah it, it, it'd be a hilarious waste on me i wouldn't play minecraft i'd play something else i don't know what it would be though but speaking of other high-end components one thing that is becoming concerning is the heat output of devices we never considered before. Like a 64 core processor and the heat it's gonna put out is one thing. That's easy, go ahead, get yourself a water block or you know, it's a server. So you're just gonna go ahead and put a giant lug of copper on it and put a whole lot of fins on it and then basically point a tornado at it. It's basically how all rack servers work. But what about components you wouldn't think about? We've seen things like chipsets start needing a little fan on them in, on certain AMD boards. But what about a smaller processor? On your solid state drive, you have several chips of the actual NAND flash but then you also have a processor on there that controls the storage for the SSD. That controls where the data is going, how it's used. Well, if you're going to go ahead and use a PCI Express 5.0 version of this and, it's, and the amount of bandwidth it can, you might need a bigger heatsink on it. In fact, some early designs are showing not only a passive heatsink on that, but then a heat pipe going to another heatsink above that with what looks like another smaller fan blowing over this second cylindrical heatsink. Now, tech YouTubers have kind of joked for a while about insane concepts like water cooling your SSD. You actually might have to water cool your SSD. Like let that sink in for a minute. Let another thing sink in too with DDR5 now being used and actually having power delivery components being put on the RAM chip itself. those components might get hot you might see a world where you might be water cooling your ram you thought water cooling was dying off oh man we could be entering an era where 
your basic home PCs and laptops are so dumb that they might as well just be thin clients or Chromebooks. They're basically the same sort of computer and just be as low end power sipping little YouTube watching machines and being capable of nothing else except for maybe going on Stadia. And then those of us who actually want gaming PCs having to learn plumbing. What is this world? <laughs> what is this future? I'm scared. I'm scared. Hold me. I need signs that there is a future worth living in. Maybe the next story is going to give me news that will make me hopeful for the future. Oh. Apple is developing hardware subscription services for iPhones and other devices. A concept where you pay a monthly subscription fee to have access to the device in basically leasing it, except in perpetuity. So actually closer to just renting the iPhone or other Apple device. You thought the concept of owning your device was a gray area before well don't worry if this next model passes there won't be a gray area anymore you just don't own it can i stop time can i just go back to 2019 and have it just be 2019 for life this future is depressing me. I, I just, I mean, granted, it's just a rumor. It's not real yet. But I swear, if Samsung starts only renting out their phones, I might go buy the nothing phone that was just announced. I don't know what it is yet, but it'd be better than renting my phone. <sighs> Can the future give me at least one thing worth mentioning? One thing? Just, just, just one? A picture of a kitten? Like, a, a, some, um, something. Maybe a, a high-end electric car with 1,200 horsepower. Okay, there we go. Maserati unveiling an all-electric plan and is starting with a new 1,200 horsepower Gran Turismo. Neat. The unfortunate thing is that this New luxury electric vehicle. Um, we're not going to see it by until what it sounds like 2025. With a top, but it will have a top speed of 190 with a zero to 62 for some reason in under six in under three seconds. And uh, you know what? I have uh, more faith in Maserati than I do in Elon Musk right now. The only downside is that. Um, 
their pricing is expecting to go between $78,000 and $200,000. All right, well, I'm back to being thoroughly depressed. I'm just going to look at my phone and just say there, there, buddy. You just got to hang in there. You're just not, you're not allowed to die, like, ever. Because I've seen the future phone, and it's a world where I'm not allowed to own any anything, and everything is expensive. It's about as dystopian as it possibly could be. But you know what? At least there'll be 124 core overkill, hilariously, oh, I'm sorry, 128 core overkill workstations. Folks, that is gonna do it for the bonus episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. And I do thank you very much for listening, for subscribing, even though I decided this time around to go ahead and let and uh record it live at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon but i do hope you consider subscribing anchor.fm slash eagle eyes on tech take care and hopefully see you next time At the very least in this dystopian future, there do not appear to be pallets upon pallets of used Chromebooks laying around collecting dust and rotting inside storage rooms. They have at least been put to use. There are, however, eight Dell Thin clients sitting in a pallet collecting dust and rotting for all eternity, which are basically Chromebooks, but without Chrome OS. It's such a shame, too. 1.4 gigahertz quad-core chip, 2 gigabytes of RAM, 8 gigabytes of solid-state storage. What could you even do with that? It's such a shame. Oh, hey, look. They have five defective Macs. Cool. I've always wanted to pay thousands of dollars for a used Mac with a defective keyboard from the factory.